You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Thank you so much for tuning in to Mama's Talking Loud. Jess and I love bringing these stories to you, amplifying the journey of the working artist mom, supporting the struggle, and striving to change the social safety net. But we need your help. If you haven't already, we would so appreciate if you would follow, rate, and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. This is the way we can continue to raise awareness and change the narrative. And if you want more insight into our world, please follow us on Instagram at Mama's Talking Loud, on Twitter at Mama's Talking Pod, and on our website, www.mamastalkingloud.com. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this mini-sode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. Today's guest was coming off her biggest year ever, making her Broadway debut in the prom, getting married, and becoming pregnant when COVID-19 changed the world. Never anticipating giving birth during a pandemic, she is navigating her role as a new mom in a new world and being super honest and open about the mental load of the motherhood journey while continuing to spread her sparkle along the way. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast. And you know that I tell you all the time. <laughs> I'm so excited that you're here. We've we've had to reschedule this so many times. So thank you for being so accommodating. But you know now, mom life, right? Things come up. Yes, unpredictable. Completely yes. and totally unpredictable. Um, a little a little backstory. I met Becca doing the prom, which again feels like it feels like forever ago. And I know it wasn't, but so much life has happened because of COVID. And as you will see with your daughter, as they grow, they change so much within the span of the year. Time is very strange. It like stretches and compresses yes. and you're like, what happened? I have adult people now. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but during the prom, you got married. And I, and I asked the highly inappropriate question about whether or not you were going, (laughs) you were thinking about having kids, which is terrible Uh and I should know better. Um, but I feel like we had kind of formed a a bond over that. And we, I talked about my kids a lot to you. Um, and so I was so thrilled to see on Instagram that you were pregnant prior to COVID and then you gave birth during COVID. So tell us about your baby girl who is you guys. She is. So cute. She really and she is. and she rocks the signature Becca Lee headband really well. So <laughs> she has to. No bow, no go. You know, that's what we say. Um, but first I have to say, Kara, that it was so awesome for me to see you during prom doing Broadway with two kids, doing the commute to Jersey, because I also live in Jersey and I really needed to see that to be able to kind of know that I could do it too, you know, like I'd never really worked with, well, it was my first Broadway show. So I'd never seen it happening in person and you made it look really effortless, even though I know it's not, but just thank you for being a huge inspiration because you made me know it was possible. And that was really important to me. So thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. Tell us about that adorable baby girl. Okay, so Haley just turned nine months the other day. She is the cutest, the smiliest, the most happy baby ever, which is amazing. I wake up to get her in the morning and she's in there smiling so big and squealing with joy that she's awake for a whole new day. So I just uh, hope she stays like that forever. She's really silly, a very loud personality, just like my husband. She's my husband's twin looks and personality, which is so funny. And uh, yeah, she just brings me so much joy every day. I didn't know that 
a little baby could do that, but she does. Oh, it's the sweetest. I mean, like seeing them in the morning when their face lights up when you walk in the room. I do miss that. Yeah, now that now that yeah. they're older, it's like occasionally they'll be excited to see you when you've been somewhere or whatever. And I savor <laughs> those moments when I come home and Elliot's like, mom. Yeah. She's, it's all very exciting. A friend, yeah. of me, a friend of mine said to me once, when you have a baby, it's kind of like Christmas every morning. I mean, you're totally exhausted, which you will learn as you get farther down this parenthood road. Like Christmas is the most exhausting day ever. Like any big, I can any big holiday, not just Christmas, but like yeah. any day where you're like preparing all the magic for your kids, you're tired before the yes. day even starts because you were up late the night before yeah. making sure all the magic happens. Um, right. But a friend of mine said, it's like walking in and it's like Christmas. It's like that little gift is there for you. And I just think it's a really, I don't know. I miss it. I miss those little baby days a lot. Yeah. It does feel like that. It really does. Yeah. Well, um, Let's talk a little bit about what has been surprising to you, right? I mean, Kara was saying that, you know, you got pregnant, obviously, um, after the prom ended. But have you Mm -hmm. been surprised by anything in particular in motherhood? I mean, it's uh, (laughs) there's really no way to prepare, I think. I think that's what we try to get out to people is like, you think you know, and you don't know. You don't know. You're absolutely right. I mean, I read all the books and all the things, listened to all the podcasts, and nothing can prepare you. but. One thing that did stand out to me is something that I had heard on your podcast before was the mental load of a mother. And it kind of seemed to come on just overnight. You have a baby and suddenly you have this huge list of things in your head of everything that needs to be done and the tasks that need to be accomplished and this huge responsibility. Obviously, you know, you're going to have a huge responsibility having a baby, but it just happens overnight. And it's like, whoa, you know, and my husband is going through this experience with me, obviously, but it's completely different because he doesn't have that, you know, and it's not that he's a bad dad or a bad husband. I mean, he's an amazing husband, but I'm just the one keeping tabs on absolutely everything. And it's a lot to get used to and a lot to take on, you know, and just to know that that's now always going to be here, (laughs) you know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you hit the nail on the head with that one. It never goes away. It never goes away. And it's not like, you know, Karen, I talk about this a lot, too. And like you said, we have we're really lucky to have awesome husbands and dad and and who are fantastic dads, but they just their brains do not think the same way. They're not thinking ahead to the degree and they're not it's they're like not even considering like, oh, when should the baby go to the doctor? When should I go to the doctor? I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I have to tell my husband when he needs to go to the doctor. Do you know what I mean? So like, yes, they're not thinking about the day to day minutia, you know, who buys the toilet paper? I'm, you know, when the toilet paper runs out, they're like, wait, where's the toilet paper? And it's like, well, you could have gone to buy the toilet paper. (laughs) Like, you know, if we're not thinking ahead. So I think that that was when there's just the two of you, there's a little bit of that, but boy, having a baby just like ramps it up to the nth degree. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, we went to the beach when she was two months old. I remember it was our first little outing outdoors, you know, so we felt pretty okay with it. And on the way there, I was like, this is not enjoyable in my mind. I'm like, she has to have the bottle in one hour. She has to be napping in an hour and a half. She needs to eat. You know, it's like all those things. My husband's driving along like, yeah, we're going yeah. to the beach. And I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. It's, it's crazy. You're talking about like the mental load and all the things, the thing that kills me and you'll, I, you know, you're in the baby stage, so she's changing sizes so quickly, but you probably have like a, yeah. a pretty cute arsenal of clothes, right? And baby clothes, whatever, yeah. um, are easy to come by, but 
the thing for me is the seasons change and I'm like, I don't have clothes that fit my kids because they've grown since yeah. last summer and it's hot outside and all my daughter's shorts are like Daisy Dukes and their shoes don't fit. Yeah. And that's like where I go into a panic and then Amazon gets yeah. all my money and it's terrible because I'm like, I need mm-hmm. clothes for my kids. But Right. You'll see. You'll see even more as you go as you go further down this road. Um, but something that I've loved about your persona on Instagram and how uh, you've been talking about motherhood is how open you have been about some of the mental struggles of being a mom. Um, and since it's Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, we definitely want to talk about that. You you went into it a little bit talking about when you stopped nursing and the hormonal Mm -hmm. shift that happened there and the anxiety that came up. And you talked about the fact that you're going to therapy and things like that. Can you talk a little bit more about the mental health load and how maybe it's shifted as you've been a mom? I mean, you've talked about the mental load, but I mean, your mental health uh, self-care that you're doing during this time. Yeah, well, I want to start off saying that I've always had anxiety in my whole life. And for some reason, when I was pregnant, I have never felt more calm in my life. It was wild. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, is this going to stay? And, um, you know, that was one of the things that I want to thank hormones for. Most of the other hormone things, like, no, thank you. But that was fantastic. And after I had her, I'm going to say three months after, I was still feeling pretty calm. And I was like, wow, maybe it is going to stay. But almost three months to the day postpartum, I it came back. I mean, hardcore. Anxiety was like overwhelming. Um, not to mention we moved during the pandemic when just, Haley was just four a few old. life changes during the pandemic. Just, just, yeah. Yeah. And, um, at that point, yeah, my anxiety was really bad. And I would tell my husband, you know, I'm feeling really anxious today. I couldn't do anything to feel calm. Like everything I tried, not to mention, you don't have the time really to dedicate to what you would normally do. Like I like to journal and take time to write my thoughts out and kind of get a clear head. I didn't have time for that. You know, like I wasn't sleeping. There was a four month sleep regression. It all became too much. I had no outlet. I wasn't talking to anyone. I'm in isolation with the pandemic. And I kept asking myself, is this postpartum or is it the pandemic? I mean, it was probably a combination of the two. Anyway, I ended up getting physically ill because I just was not doing anything about it. And the anxiety was building and building and building. But it was a blessing in disguise because it was like, listen, you have to do something about this now or else you're not going to be able to take care of anyone. You know, not Haley, not not your husband, not your family if you don't take care of yourself first. So that forced me to put myself first. And I started talking to a therapist and just talking to someone was so helpful because I made sure that I talked to someone who was also a mom, which I found was important because at this point, I actually don't have a lot of good friends that have kids and you can talk to your friends, but it's kind of good to talk to a mom who really gets it because the most important thing for me was I needed to feel validated in my feelings. I needed someone to say, it's actually normal to feel that way. It's normal to be going through what you're going through. And that alone made me feel so much better, as simple as it sounds. But just small little shifts like that that I've started doing since talking to a therapist have made all the difference. And like, Kara, you mentioned that I had said that when I stopped breastfeeding at six months, I had a month or two where I felt a little depressed from the hormone shift once again. But then I started feeling so much better For me, breastfeeding was kind of stressful. Being the only food source for my baby seemed like a lot. I mean, I was blessed to breastfeed. I'm 
thankful I was able to do that. But I felt even more tied to the house and even more confined for some reason, you know, like, so when I stopped, I could feel, I felt like I could take a brush of a breath of fresh air a little bit. And I started feeling better talking to the therapist, all those things combined. I was like, okay, now I'm on the road to be coming back to who I was before a little bit. Um, so that was really helpful. I just want to, you know, say talking to someone, it seems like a daunting task to find someone and just get started. But once you do, it can make a huge positive difference. So that's why I like talking about it because maybe it'll inspire someone else to do the same. It's just helpful, you know? Absolutely. And you didn't have, because of when you had your baby, you didn't have the benefit of, you know, there are all these mommy and me classes where you go and you connect with other mothers who are at the same point in their motherhood journey as you are, you know? So the babies are all around the same age. And so you're kind of experiencing things around the same time. And there's so much value in connecting with other women who are becoming mothers for the first time and having this, like you said, feel that feeling of validation um, that you aren't Mm -hmm. alone in this. There's so much value in that. I completely understand that. And the other thing, when you talked about how when you were pregnant and your anxiety went away, I had the exact same experience. I won't- Yeah. Someone's at front door. Sorry. Someone's at my front door. Um, (laughs) I, I will never forget- and this is, you'll, Jessica, you'll find this funny. We were, my, my husband and I and another girl who was in Jersey Boys, we were waiting to get on the ferry to go into Manhattan to our show. And mm-hmm. we lived in Hoboken at the time and it was SantaCon. So they're literally like drunk Santas oh, no. everywhere, which is like a high anxiety situation for me in general. But we were so late. We weren't going to make half hour. We're like texting the stage manager. And I, cool as a cucumber, couldn't be bothered. I literally was like, whatever, we'll get there when we get there. Sarah was freaking yes. out, like sure. literally high stress. My husband was like mid. He, he doesn't usually get super stressed out. I, I was like, whatever, it's fine. I right now, Kara, my watch just told me to breathe. I just got anxious listening to that. Totally like about- that panic when you're not going to make it to the show. Yeah, yeah, I was totally fine. So I mean, which is not really healthy, but I was very thankful for my pregnancy hormones that were just like, you know what? It's go, it's going to be okay. No one is hurt. Everybody is all right. Yeah. You're going to get there. Um, so I had the so same funny. experience. <laughs> I wonder, I think I'm trying to think back and Kara, maybe you can help me. Rem- <laughs> maybe you can help me remember. Um, but I, my, I had some anxiety. Like I've always been a sort of Kara has always tells me, don't look for, you know, I'm it's like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. She'd be like, Jessica, don't wait for the other shoe. Don't look for the don't other look shoe. For it. Don't look for um, it. And mm-hmm. that was before my pregnancy. I don't remember during how I was, but I, since having her, my anxiety has ramped up and has never lessened. Like, yeah. Really? And I, it got really bad about a year and a half after she was born. And I was super depressed, super anxious. And I had like this massive breakdown um, emotionally with my husband. This was right before she actually started mm-hmm. kindergarten. So she would have been like four and a half. And that was when he was like, okay, it's time for like medication, you know? And once I got on mm-hmm. that, that has helped, but I still, it's the funniest thing. Cause like with medication, I still have the anxiety and I still have the thoughts, but it's like, they can't spiral to the degree they used to. But you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I became such a, like a a catastrophizer, you know, like it's like worst case scenario, anxiety. It was so intense. And I have, I never felt that before her. And it, um, so it's, it's been interesting to see like how motherhood can affect you and ramp certain things up. Do you know what I mean? It's a, whew, it's a real struggle. 
especially, you know, we have these little people that we're wanting to keep safe and we want to nurture and protect. And, and they're, you know, our heart is walking around outside our body and it's like, <laughs> so true. wait, I need you to just stay with me at all times. <laughs> I know there are certain things too, that I find certain things give me a lot of anxiety. Like for instance, now baby led weaning is a thing uh-huh. with feeding, which where it's like, basically you hand a baby an entire banana and you're like, yeah. oh, eat it. And it's like so wild to me, but like giving her solids, I mean, heart palpitations, terrified she was going to choke, you know, things like that, or even driving with her, you know, small things like that are like, it's a lot. It doesn't seem like it would be, but it really is. Well, these are all new things too. You know, it's like all of a sudden now it's not just you in the car and with the baby led weaning, we did that with Elliot too. So there's the the choking, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, and there are going to be things, yes, that happen. Um, and you'll, you know, you'll, you'll snap into like mom survival mode, but for the most part, the major anxiety is coming from the fact the most of the anxiety is coming from the fact that all of this is new. All of it is new to you. Right. Like, and yes. you know, the second one, I'm sure Kara could tell us this, but like, maybe it's less because to a certain degree, you know what to expect. And then third is less and fourth and God love you if you're going to have more than that. But like, you know, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it gets easier subsequently, I would expect. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I think that the workload is more with more, more children, obviously, but certainly the mm-hmm. anxiety around how to be a mother was much less. I was much better at trusting my gut. Right. Being like, no, I no, yeah, I know how to do sense. this, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to shift a little bit because I think what you've been talking about on on your social media is so powerful, especially because, and you kind of hinted at this, um, you know, your followers are generally younger and maybe not, um, at the baby making phase of their life. Right. Right. Uh, And you've acknowledged it. You've said, you know, my content has really shifted. You know, it used to be (laughs) like backstage antics and now it's babies and headbands, you know, and, and (laughs) babbling and, and whatnot. Um, And which I think is so great. But the thing that I think is so powerful is that you are sharing your journey with people who may eventually have this journey in such an open way. And they're getting to see it beforehand and getting to digest what that might be beforehand. It's something that Jess and I talk a lot about, you know, what to expect when you're expecting. They talk about all the things like what to expect to happen to your body. What do you expect, you know, your, your baby to be like, what the different, how they do Mm -hmm. at different ages, what the development is. No one talks about the mental load. No one talks about the anxiety. No one talks about how your identity shifts, which I know is something that you have gone through, obviously, you know, from Broadway performer to stay at home mom, essentially during a pandemic, Mm -hmm. not even able to audition. Um, Yeah. No one talks about how your relationship with your spouse or your partner is going to change and what you may what you may feel guilty asking them to help you do just just because you are the mom, you know, for no other reason than that. Um, and so yeah. I think what you are doing is so great because you are showing these young people what that journey may look like and how it may be different than what they anticipated. I mean, all with an adorable smile on your face and very, very (laughs) digestible content, I should say, you know, like in the form that's really easy to take in. But have you had any kind of response from that? How has your interaction with your followers shifted in that way? 
Well, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. I always think about this because before I had a baby, I feel like there are some things you see online and it makes parenthood seem total doom and gloom and like this is going to be the hardest thing ever and that's it. Becoming a mom, I've kind of realized that the good goes without saying, you know, it's like being a parent's amazing and it's like, Everyone knows that. So I feel like that's why some people don't feel the need to also throw that in too. You know, they just want to be like, this can happen and this can happen. Um, For me, sharing my experiences, it's been great because I do have some younger people and some new moms that are like, we feel the exact same way. And it goes back to what I was saying before, how good it feels to get that validation, to know you're not alone. Because I'm sharing these things, sometimes feeling like I am alone. Like this might be a little weird that I feel this way, but I want to put it out there to, you know, I, I, it's just good to get it out sometimes, you know, to say, this is what I'm going through. This is how I'm handling it. And, um, it makes me feel good that some people do respond and say, same thing for me. And it helps me to hear it too. It's kind of like a, a give and take in that way. Um, but yeah, there are those people that are like, um, where's the broad? Well, I was going (laughs) to, I mean, I was going to say, you know, social media is a very real, uh, influence and part of our lives, you know, it's a necessary evil to a certain degree. I mean, to be honest, it's like the amount of time you have to sort of devote to it. If you're truly mm-hmm. a person who's an influencer or a brand or something like that is, um, it's, it's like a full-time job, you know? I mean, there are people that actually mm-hmm. that is their job. So, uh, so have you noticed because your audience is younger and maybe not parents for the most part have you noticed Mm -hmm. um like a a lack of engagement depending on the post I mean I know I know that I do just on my own thing you know or like if I post something about Elliot uh you know sometimes people say oh this is awesome and I'll get a few hundred likes on it but meanwhile I post like the the cover of my Dear Evan Hansen script, you know, and it's like 800 likes. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like (laughs) yes so it's clear that that's a thing but have you noticed um it's one of those things where when you're following a person on social media, obviously we curate it to a certain degree and it's not all realistic. And uh, that is something mm-hmm. you're focusing on too, which is awesome to tell the truth, the good and the bad, because I think people, a lot of times they share the doom and gloom because it's like, we're commiserating together. You know, it's sort of like, yeah. it's sort of like people say, I can't wait for you to have a kid. And then you get to have the kid and then they're like, welcome to the dark. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> exactly. it's like, we got you. We, it's like all a big joke. I like, Ooh, we, we tricked her and now she's here at our misery too. And it's not miserable. It's yeah. like, you know, yes, there are hard parts but also it's like Christmas morning, like we were talking about. Um, So my point being that when you follow a person, you would like to think they're following you because they're interested in you, the complete person and all that comes with that and not just following for the Broadway content or not just following for the bits and the reels, but to actually invest in who you are as a person. Because I think, you know, that's a catch 22 of social media. It's like, yes, we're becoming more accessible, um, and in that mm-hmm. regard, it's great for when we have projects or or like with putting out the word and the support to other members of our community. However, on the flip side is it can really affect your heart. I think it does for me sometimes when I see the things that people don't respond to. And it's hard to not mm-hmm. take it personally, right? Because these are sometimes the things that matter most to you because it's your child or, or um, you know, your spouse or or whatever. And so have you noticed that? Have you noticed to a degree like the lack of engagement with regard to what you post? Yes. 
Oh, absolutely. I think this is a good point to bring up because it's something that I've struggled with too. It's why I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram, for instance. I like it. I think it's a great way to interact, to be creative if you want. But I had people tell me when the prom closed, well, now you're going to lose all your followers because they were just following you for the prom. And it's like, okay. And I'm sure some people are, but you're right. It's like, we are whole people. And the pandemic has certainly brought that out. There were no shows to be doing and showcasing. So yeah, but there is an absolute difference when I'm posting myself, you know, covering a song from Mean Girls or, you know, thankfully I really like my, my social media uh, people, my, you know, like my following it's, a group of good people for the most part. The ones that have stuck around, they seem to appreciate the the baby stuff too, which is really nice. But I've definitely lost a lot of followers and totally understandable, you know? Now I'm like, oh man, the baby's not taking naps today. People are like, oh, I could really care less about that. And I understand, <laughs> like I understand. But that is my life. My life revolves around a nap schedule now, guys, you know? And that's what it is for now. Maybe a year from now, I'll be doing a show again and you can see that again. But yeah, I mean... It is a mind trick because you see the followers drop. You see messages where people tell you, you need to post more theater stuff. And you're like, you got to stay true to yourself in those moments. And sometimes it's hard to do because it's like, do I want to please the quote unquote fans and followers or do I want to be true to myself? And obviously the right answer is obvious, but it's hard sometimes as silly as it sounds. No, I don't think it's silly at all, especially for someone who's of the younger generation. You know, I think that it definitely, to a certain degree, it's such a part of, you know, you sort of your age range and demographic, like it's so important. And so I, I can imagine that it would be difficult to, to figure out like how you feel. And obviously, you know, Obviously, you're like, I'm going to show Haley also back up because my baby is adorable. <laughs> exactly. And if you can't, if, if your mood can't be lifted by this really cute nine month old with a bow on her head, then maybe you need to, maybe yeah. you should reexamine something. It's like just no, but I'm to bl- find yeah. the joy, you know, find the joy. It's like, maybe you're not a parent, but you know, maybe you hate kids. You know, I have friends who are like, <laughs> I do not want kids. I hate them. But yeah. then, you know, but then they see a cute baby and it's like, oh, that's sweet. Babies and puppies. So, yeah, I'm glad you put it like that because I always come back to that. I'm like, do I think this is going to give joy to someone, spread joy, put a smile on someone's face? And if the answer is yes, I will post it. And that makes me feel good, you know? So, yeah. It's right in line with your spread your sparkle challenge, which everybody needs to know about. (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) Just for our listeners, talk a little bit about it. I love that you do this, Becca. Okay, so I don't remember how it first came up, but every December, basically every day for the month, I challenge everyone to do something nice for somebody else. Like, what can you do today to make someone else's day better is kind of like what the theme is. Um, And so I have everyone do that and then tag spread your sparkle and so they can show me what's going on. And we just try to spread as much kindness and joy as we can in December. You know, it's the holidays. It's like some people don't like the holidays. It's kind of depressing for some. So we try to just spread as much joy as we can and come together. And it's really fun. I love that. I feel like it sums you up too. Like it's like you, it's just your personality, which is the best. Yeah. Um, And I'm, I'm thrilled to hear you say, you know, maybe in a year when I'm back in a show, because that was going to be a question I was going to ask is, you know, do you see yourself returning to the business? Is that somewhere you see yourself in the future? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because for a little bit, I was like, can I imagine 
leaving Haley and doing a show, you know, I mean, it's a lot of time, obviously the eight show week schedule is intense. I mean, I thought about you all the time when we were doing prom Kara, because I was so tired all the time. And I'm like, Kara's waking up in the morning, teaching a fitness class, taking care of her two kids. I'm like, what is she doing? Like, you're not a human or something. She's not. um, I'm just, I'm I'm tired all the time. We're all tired all the time. That's the secret. (laughs) Yeah. But I really realized I miss having that creative outlet. I miss being in a show. I miss performing. We all do right now. I know, but oh my gosh, if I had the opportunity, I would love it. And like I said, you have shown me that it's possible to do both. And so I know that I can. So I would love to, if, if the opportunity comes up. I love that. I, I, you know, you said something I remember vividly going to my put back in rehearsal after I had my first (laughs) baby at Jersey boys and I came home and I, because I had anxiety about going back. I mean, I knew I was going to go back, but my daughter had some really intense health issues right around three months. And so it was just like Mm -hmm. a really trying time. And I came home and I called my mom and I said, it was like a part of me was missing that I didn't even know was missing. And now it's back. And I feel like myself again. And it, that makes sense. And you know, it was like all of a sudden I got this part of myself back that now could also exist with this new part of myself that was a mom. And I feel that way every time. I mean, I felt it when I went back to the prom because that was the first time I worked after having two kids. And I was like, oh yeah, this is who I am. Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. It gives me chills to hear you say that because it's like, I've said that over and over. I love being a mom. It's a joy to be a mom every day, but there is a part of me that I'm not getting to use that's missing a little bit. And I just know how good it would feel to be able to do that again. And again, you will. Inspiring me, telling me it's going to happen. So thank you. It will happen. It will. I know it. Until then, I, I feel like we Thank need you. to make hashtag spread your sparkle a year round occurrence. I feel like I, know. I feel like anytime like people <laughs> feel like they want to spread some sparkle, they should just do it and tag it. And because it's that's especially in this time, it's been so hard. And I just think that finding joy, you know, it can be elusive some days right now still. And uh, yeah. and there's mm-hmm. never a bad time to hashtag spread your sparkle. So exactly. thank you <laughs> yes, for joining us and spreading your sparkle today. We really appreciate it. We're so happy you could you could come and sit with us. You just like, I don't know, but I'm meeting her for the first time today, y'all. But your sparkle is like coming through the microphone. It's like mm-hmm. I can feel it. <laughs> I can just feel your personality and your joy and lightness. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you both for having me. I've been your number one fan since the start. You are both huge inspirations. You guys are the best. Thank you. You're the best. And keep posting those baby pictures. I want more and more and more. I will. Never enough. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. Special shout outs to Rachel Spencer Hewitt for our fabulous graphic. Kristen Anderson Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward Weber for our awesome theme song. Our producers, Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 